My name is Randy Howell, and you're listening to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. Welcome to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. I'm Cam. And I'm Robert. In every episode, we're bringing you faith stories and fishing memories from some amazing members of the fishing community. So join us as we shed a positive light on all things faith and fishing. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. I'm Cam. And I'm Robert. Robert, did you get any uh, any fishing done this uh, since our last episode? Um, I, yes, I went to the work pond a couple of times, and um, I found a Sexy Dog Junior on sale at Walmart for $3.99 that I couldn't pass up. So I tied it on and went over there a couple mornings and caught a few topwater fish on it. So, Heck yeah. um, yeah, it's the shad color, sexy dog junior. I wanted the bone color and I had it in my hand too, but it rang up as nine fifty, So I could, I couldn't, I didn't want to spend nine fifty. I know I'm a cheapskate, but yeah, that's about all I've done is, is fish is a little pond. Um, and let's see I, this weekend coming up. I think we have to go to the beach and, um, do some things at the house for like half a day. And then my son has a baseball tournament the next two weekends. So I'm hoping that after that, maybe some afternoons or something, I'm going to have to get out. I'm just hoping to get on some of these tournaments. Um, I know you participated in the Raleigh rumble. And uh, <laughs> so well, tell us about that. Well, you may have noticed that I have changed my Instagram handle to the clumsy kayak angler. Um, it was, I struggled fishing clean. I did not fish clean. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I told my coworkers that I spent more time fishing for squirrels than I did for fish. Um, and so here's a kind of rundown of, in addition to sp- like casting into trees and getting backlashes way too regularly, I broke my, my shaky head, my CK shaky head rod. Oh no. Um, yeah, it, uh, I had, I hooked a a log and I was getting my shaky head off of the log and it slipped off of my, um, off of my pliers and the drag caught, it didn't, it didn't, the drag didn't let it go down and it went straight down and snapped it. Um, not good. No, not good. I had my, um, my, uh, my icon uh, worm and jig rod and my chattergrass rod go overboard at one point, and I was able to get both of them back. I spent quite a while, like with my uh, with my other jig rod, like like going down. Luckily, it was it was right at about it was right at about six and a half feet, so I was able to reach it with the tip of my dude. Uh, Are you just you just trying to? Give cashing some more business, and I mean, if you needed new rods, I mean, you could <laughs> let me have the old ones and go, you know, refresh those. You don't have to throw them overboard and try to break them. Um, I, uh, I had a I had a fish flop off the board. Um, it was all in all, I finished with one fifteen inch fish turned submitted, and uh, I think thirty eighth out of forty four anglers. Um, the I will say the the water was extremely high and extremely muddy. Um, not good, not good at all. Um, Crabtree was not well presented, and I think that might be the last time that Crabtree is on the schedule. I think Mitch said in the in the captain's meeting that this would be the last time. So, um, yeah. 
Well, I hate to hear that because I know you like that. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of us that were pretty upset about that, but. I mean, yeah, you should just leave it on there. Just leave it on there. Only I think you guys only had three people, right? And I'm supposing that it was you, Hank, and somebody else. Yeah. I don't know the third one, but I, I saw I that on there. Shout out to him. His name's Julian. He had okay. a pretty sweet rig. He had one of the um, uh, the Ascend, Ascend 133 tournament oh, yeah. rigs. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a John boat when he was first pulling it in. And it, like, those hey, things are big. Hey, you fishing the tournament? And he was like, "Yeah." I was like, "In that? Oh, that's is that supposed to be a kayak? My goodness, that <laughs> thing's big. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty good size. I've seen it. it is. I've seen a couple of them, and uh, they're pretty pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. But, uh. Yeah. He he finished up above me, um, somewhere. Um. But. Yeah, um, not not a great day. The weather did not. I mean, it was miserably hot and humid. Um, and like I said, the, sorry about that. Like I said, the water. I think. Was, I mean, I was paddling over places I normally walk over. Yeah. I, like whenever I get out to pee, there are places that I I typically like get out and walk, and I was paddling over them. Um, I mean, it was like a foot and a half high from where it normally is. There are places where I'm normally like scraping the bottom if I don't take the right path. And I was paddling over a foot of water. It was crazy. And it was like normally, normally Crabtree is a, is a dirty lake, like in terms of, in terms of clarity. Like if you get four inches of visibility, you're, you're having a, a clear day at, at Crabtree. It was so so muddy um henry had like a, a a little thing of chocolate milk that he hadn't finished in the in the back seat and i dumped it out and it was like you couldn't tell where i had dumped it out yeah like it was yeah it's crazy um yeah i was watching the uh leaderboard i was uh supposed to have a baseball game at nine o'clock that morning and so you know, it had rained the day before, and I was like waiting all day Friday for them to cancel that game because if they canceled it, I was going to sign up for the tournament. Waited, 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 never canceled it. Got up that Saturday morning, started to the baseball field, which was at Broughton, right downtown Raleigh, and uh, got about halfway there, and they canceled the game. Of course, by that time, it's too late to sign up for the tournament. Right. Um, so I, I went and cut grass, which I, I needed to get that done anyway. So it was, it was okay. Um, but then I was trying to pull up the leaderboard whenever I could. And, um, you know, I've fished with Jeremy quite a few times and to see him just, I mean, him and Alex were whipping up on everybody and, uh, he had to actually leaving, I think, go to one of his daughter's events, but he left the water at like 1130. He called me and I was like, dude, 96 inches, nobody's catching you nobody's catching you. And then I didn't look yeah, at the leaderboard. Yeah. I, three hours. I didn't look at the leaderboard again until late that night. Yeah. I didn't look at the leaderboard again until late that night. And then I don't, I don't, I don't know the, that guy, but he caught 104 inches and I'm, well, what lake was he on? He was on Miller. Oh, see what I, you were right. Was he dragging a jig? Did he say, um, he, all I know is he was live scoping. Yeah. He was out in the middle out there. Um, yeah. I, I, and J- I mean, Jeremy was too. Show. Hey, Jeremy I, was. That's how he was. He was live scoping. I watched him on his Twitch on a different feed. lake. He was on I a different lake. He, Twitch feed for a while, not a while, but you know, in between mowing when I was cooling off, I pulled his Twitch feed up and watched it just to see what he was doing. And you know, his head was down looking at that screen, but man, he was whacking them. I think he told me he caught 17 fish that morning in three hours. Yeah. So uh-huh. props, props to both of those guys. And, uh, you know, that's a great event. I hate, I, I missed it. Um, but hopefully I can get with one of these coming up in the next few weeks. Um, I wish I was going to Macintosh this weekend. Um, uh, but like I said, it comes to yeah. watching your kids play sports and stuff or, or, being selfish and going to fish, I, I got to watch them play sports. So I'm going to, I'm going to ride that until they're all done with that. And then maybe we might fish a little bit more, but 
hopefully we can get some free weekends where um where i can get on some of those yeah for sure and uh so shout out to will lambert he he was the one who finished first in that tournament 103 and a quarter inches um and i mean that's crazy for you know these little raleigh lakes um that's you know you see these huge lakes that are getting all this press putting up numbers like that and for lake wheeler to put up 103 inches is uh it's pretty awesome yeah and i will say had that fish not have flopped off my board it have bumped me up to 28th place there you go in spaces yeah so it's a tough one it was a tough one but um yeah uh, and then uh, I've mentioned him on the podcast before. Shout out to my buddy Josh Powell, um, who's usually out there. Uh, we see each other on Raleigh a lot. Um, he finished third. He was the only angler that moved uh, from one lake to another. Okay. He started out on Johnson and finished off on Raleigh and finished third with 87 and a half. Nice. Um, good showing from him. Um, but yeah, so that was, they were super tight to cover. Um, yeah, I got, got a really cool, um, really cool, uh, video of me getting that, that 13 and a, and a quarter out of, out of the junk, but well, just, cool. I will say normally whenever I am on Crabtree, the fish that I catch are footballs. Like they are super well-fed, super healthy fish this time. And this is the first time I've been on Crabtree this year. This time they were not healthy fish. They were covered in sores and they were, they just did not look, did not look good. They were not fat. Um, so not sure what's going on there. I don't know if, if maybe it's a, uh, if it's going to be falling out of my rotation or not, but um, I will say that the tree that I caught that, um, that my first PB under that six and a half that I I had for a while is now in the Creek. Um, So it had, it had a big cave underneath it. So it was only a matter of time, but so I've spent a lot of time fishing that lay down. That's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's always where my a, came from. That's always a uh, a disappointment when you go to fish a lay down and something's changed on it or it's gone totally. You know, especially in uh, rivers or small creeks and small water like that, it's always changing. But the good thing is, the next time you go, you may find something else that's just as good that's fallen over, uh, fallen over in it. So never can tell. Yeah, yeah. Well, that uh, that kind of wraps up the what we've what we've been doing in terms of fishing segment um i will say um if there is any kind of awkward gap or anything um i am i'm on daddy duty tonight so if i if i end up hearing hearing my son wake up i may end up having to go um go take care of him so uh, i apologize in advance if there's any kind of uh any kind of awkward stuff like that. But yeah, let's uh let's go ahead and, and thank a couple sponsors and then we will get into kind of the meat of of this episode and we will uh in typical faith and fishing fashion, about a, a week late, we will kind of give our take on on iCast. Few things ruin your day on the water as bad as losing gear. But with the retrieval devices for fishing rods, action cams, bow fishing bows, and more from Savior Outdoors, you don't have to let dropping your stuff ruin your day because you can get it back. The pressure-sensitive filter keeps water from rain and quick dips in the water out, but it lets water in when your gear goes overboard to release a float attached to your gear by 60 feet of line so you can get it back. Go to SaviorOutdoors.com to learn more and try some for yourself. And use promo code FNFP15 to save 15% on your order. That's SAVURoutdoors.com and promo code FNFP15. Hey 
A huge selection and crazy fast shipping is already enough to turn heads as an online tackle shop, but Omnia Fishing sets themselves apart with their ambassador program. With Omnia, you can send in fishing reports for your local lakes that recommend baits, structure, tactics, and gear. And when another angler takes your advice and purchases something from your report, you get credit for it to spend at Omnia. The best part means that with Omnia Fishing, you can shop by lake and purchase baits and gear that are proven to work where you're fishing. To get started, go to omniafishing.com and use promo code FNF15 to save 15% on your first order. All right, so let's uh, let's start off by saying neither of us went to ICAST. Um, everything that we're going to talk about, we have heard it from on other podcasts, seen on videos, all that kind of stuff. So, um, this wasn't anything that we were like, we were there and put hands on products or anything, but I wanted to kind of like look at some of the products that were released that I cast and kind of give our opinions on, 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 uh, the products. And then I wanted to kind of get our, our opinions on iCast as a whole this year. So, um, what were some of the products that you, you have been able to see? I know you haven't been able to, to see as, as much this year as, as normally, uh, you would, you haven't, uh, haven't been paying as much attention to it, but yeah. So, um, this week, uh, last week I did pretty good on keeping up with it day to day and watching some live videos. Um, this week I've had to been in, be in some training classes the whole week, um, so, um, I haven't got to sneak peek at the YouTube while I'm working. So, um, so I haven't seen a lot of the reviews and stuff. I did hear a, a little bit of a podcast where they reviewed and talked about some of the things. However, last week, um, the things that I saw the most and I actually did a video on, and I should have touched on this on the first part, but I'm going to touch on it a little bit now, but, I started another project. We kind of touched on it at the end of the podcast last week with uh, Wendell Fishing, but I wanted to kind of get it more at the front of this because just in case somebody's not listening all the way to the end, um, you guys check out Kayak Fishing Spotlight. Um, it is going to be, and I'm, I'm trying to turn it into basically a review um, YouTube channel that uh, I'm introducing YouTube channels and podcasts and all kinds of content creators that you may not be familiar with. A lot of them you probably are, um, but you guys go check that out. It's on YouTube and there's also, you can find it on podcast form too. Both of them are kayak fishing spotlight, but the video I put out last week, which now when this comes out would have been two weeks ago is about the three kayaks that were released. Um, so I did do quite a bit of reviewing on that and um, scouring of all three of those um, kayak production websites and looking at all three of those kayaks. So um, it was the Native Titan X, the Old Town EPDL, and the Bonafide Skiff uh, 117. So a uh, quick synopsis of kind of my thoughts on those three. And uh, we'll go from what I think is probably the least significant to, I think the most significant. So the least significant is probably the Bonafide Skiff 117 because there are already kayaks like that on the market. That's just Bonafide's version of a flats kind of backwater, saltwater, open deck, throw in the back of a truck kayak uh it does have mounts on the back of it if you want to put a uh nk uh or a torpedo on the back of it you can or a power pole micro power pole if you'd like to do that um i like the open format of it i like the price tag of it i think it's going to be a good seller for bonafide but i don't really think it changes anything in the way of, of the landscape of kayak fishing because that kind of already exist on a couple different brands. I will say, um, I think bass anglers forget how big the, the like inshore, um, kayak fishing market really is. And something like this, that is going to be really good for like going out with a push pole 
and a fly rod. Um, I think I think this may end up being the new standard for for that style of fishing. Um, going out on the flats, on the marshes, uh, this kayak may end up being the new standard for that. Yeah, I, I like the way it looks. I, I like everything about it. Um, I just I think there are other models that are similar that are already out, but I do think you're correct. I think it's going to be a great seller for them. I think it's a great looking kayak. I'm actually interested in it at that. I, I'm pretty sure the price point on it's twelve forty nine, uh, so around thirteen hundred bucks. Uh, so that may be something that um, I grab to have another kayak at the beach. Uh, so the next one I think is the Old Town EPDL that's on the um, the old Predator or the Big Water uh, one thirty six platform. So I I think it's really forward thinking of Old Town to come up with the whole e-bike pedal assist deal. But at the same time, and then that one best in show for new kayak, new boat. I, I don't I don't know the different categories of it, but I know there was a lot of controversy as far as the kayak community goes and whether that should have won that or not. So um I think that it is going to be a great kayak. I think they're going to sell a lot of them, but I think it's going to be more of the weekend angler and the recreational angler than it would be the tournament angler. And I could be wrong on that. That's just the way that I see it. But I also think it it incorporates some stuff with the pedal assist. But I mean, if you go and you launch at some of these tournaments, um, that pedal assist already exists with these guys that especially you get a motor on the front or the back and you have a pedal kayak. When you blast off, you're running the motor and you're pedaling. And so it kind of, I know it's a different combination because that's built in. It's all one unit, but people are already using pedal assist. I mean, you go watch a Greg Blanchard video. Half the time he's got his motor running, his pedals are sitting there rotating. You know what I mean? So it kind of, yes, it's new, but no, it's not. Um, so I like that. I just, I don't think it's really changes a whole lot, except it brings some e-bike technology into the kayak world. I think it will be a good seller for recreational kayakers. Yeah. So it ended up winning the boats and watercraft category. Yeah. Yeah. So the one that I think, um, I like the most and I think was, was to me, was the most innovative was the native titan x i like the way that that incorporates um some of the rigging is already done for you um i like the different panels on it so you don't have to drill into the kayak when you're rigging your motors or your uh, graphs i like the setup of it i think there was a lot of thought that went into that to me i think that native titan x is you know, except for the people that totally hate native, uh, bona fide, you know, they, they, everybody knocks on native because you got a little bit of water that's on the deck of that. And, uh, you know, I think that I mean, is, pre- in my opinion, if you're going to have a, a sit on top kayak and your scuppers are below the water level, then you did something wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Um, but let's just take the water out of it. Um, no pun and the intended. Fact that it still hasn't been fixed. Just irks me. It's like, this yeah. is a known issue. Mm, fix it. Yeah. And I, I will say, I mean, you know, that's the same thing with the bonafide uh, P127. I mean, you know, that's the same company now. And now my SS127, I never have water in the bottom of it, uh, but they made that well a little bit lower to accommodate those pedals. And that's the reason is that uh, the pedal drive, the propel drive, so your heel can get down a little bit further so it's more comfortable to pedal is why that deck is lower. Um, so is it a? it's not a deal breaker for me, but I know for a lot of people that is a deal breaker. Um, so you just kind of have to see where you're at as far as that goes. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure with the bigger size that, you know, if you get the Titan, uh, that's 13 foot versus the 10 foot, 
is there less water in that? You know, I don't know, but I do like the way that they incorporated a lot of things into that kayak. And I think the big thing with the, the old town EPDO is the price tag, which is going to be upwards of $6,000. Um, I, you know, to me, there's so many more options out there that are as good or better than that for less money. That's my opinion. And, you know, the native uh, Titan X is around, I think, 3500 So, to me, uh, that's going to be really the better option. And then you can put a motor in front of it. You still get up there to the $5,000 range, but there's five to 6000 you know, 5000 to 6000 You're talking about an extra $1,000 that you can buy a graph or live scope or something with that if you just need to spend 6000 so that's interesting um, to me, like the Titan was very much just a, it was just another kayak. Like it didn't really look special to me in any way. It was just way too busy and it was just so far away from my style of fishing that I just didn't pay any attention to it at all. Um, yeah. So um, I think that's that's really the reason that I, I just was not wowed by the the Titan. Um, but I the the EPDL like I mean if that's your style I think that's a really cool kayak and I think it's a, a like it's it's not for me. Um, but I mean. That's that's six thousand dollar price tag is is yowza. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and I really like the skiff. I really do. It's again, it's probably not for me just because I am not fishing that those big flats or anything like that where it would be like it's it's a very specialized watercraft. In the same way that the RVR is a very specialized watercraft. The RVR is probably closer to what I would be looking for in a boat than the skiff. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, I, I was not super wowed by any of the, of the kayaks that came out, but I wasn't like, Ooh, either. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, gotcha. I think, I think vibe had one that came out too, and it was kind of like their answer to the Sholey and the, um and the RVR, but it was really just their sheer water in a ten foot version. Um, gotcha. It it was not anything super special to me either. Um, I don't know. There were there were some some interesting things that came out at ICAST that, um, like the um, uh, Yak Attack had some cool stuff come out. Um, their, their board, I, I think is probably too little too late in terms of trying to get into that game. Uh, because I don't, I think it had some good features, but I don't think that coming out with a board that is not metal was a good, that was a good idea. Um, I don't know that anyone's going to take that step backwards and allow that board in any of the major trails the national trails um, because I mean, if they're not allowing the catch carbonate board, then they're not going to be uh, allowing this one either. I don't think. Um, so I do like their, their little roto grip things to, to hold it. Um, I, and I really like the, like the coal, um, like the coal marker. I think that's a really smart feature. Um, the little track packs or whatever they called, those looked really cool. Um, I don't know that I've got a space for them on my boat, but it, it looks pretty cool. Um, and then they, their live scope thing. I mean, again, not my style of fishing at all, but it looked very useful and like, it's the best one, best looking one I've seen come out. Um, I will say that Shimano came out like with their new Corrado and if they make good on their claim that that is going to be a $129 reel, I might try it. I might try it. Um, because I mean, in my opinion, it was not a hundred and $180 reel. It was not. Um, and then they're going to add the MGL spool to it and lower the price. I, I feel like that was somebody said something they weren't supposed to say. 
and they messed up there. I don't know if that was like that. That doesn't seem like the right price tag to me. The new Daiwa uh, Tatula 100 that came out is is a hundred and eighty dollar reel now, and I'm like, man. I really liked my Diva Tatula 100 that I had. I got it used for 90 bucks, and it was it was my favorite reel until it ended up in the process of fossilizing at the bottom of Lake Crabtree under a bunch of silt <laughs> attached to a Saint Croix Mojo bass rod. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I I. I might try it for that price. If that is the price, um, I'll have to go back and listen to the podcast. I heard that on and make sure I didn't hear it incorrectly. I'm going to look it up right now, actually, and just see if it says yes. what it's going to be. You look it up and I'll touch base on that. I did see all three of those yak attack products. So I think the board, uh, I think some tournament trails might surprise you on that. I think the board, I think catch needs somebody to compete with them, not only to keep the price point lower, but I also think in terms of innovation, I think there's some great features on there and I can guarantee you catch is already trying to figure out how to make the coal markers where they slide up and down their catch boards. I mean, that's an, I would already have done that the next day. Like, Oh, that's a great idea. They can make their own tabs that slide up and down. Uh, you may be right about them not wanting to go back to plastic, but with the supports and stuff in there and you can see what kind of board everybody's using. Um, you know, if somebody's going to cheat, it doesn't matter if it's metal or plastic. If somebody wants to cut a board, I mean, bending the board is one thing, but that catch carbonate board is not going to bend. I don't think that leaderboard is going to bend either. There's just so much bracing on the back of both of those. So I'm surprised that, the trails are not allowing the catch carbonate board already anyway, because to me it's silly to make everybody have a metal board when there is just a good plastic one available um, to lighten everybody's load by a little bit. But I, I hope some trails do go backwards on that and allow the carbonate and the leaderboard um, just because I like to see more than one player in that space. Um, the other thing was the track pack. I think that's a great addition, but at some point in time, like you said, you don't have room for it. You get to where it's like, how much more stuff do I need? You know well, what I mean? It's, I it's, keep, I keep like adding stuff and then taking stuff off and then adding yeah. stuff and taking stuff off. I've got a whole bucket of, I, I've got a whole Tupperware bin in my shed of stuff that I used to put on my kayak and now I don't. Yeah. Um, and so I did look I, that that Corrado price tag. It's a hundred and ninety nine dollar reel. So that okay. one is not coming home with me. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, that's that's pretty steep. Um, but and what was the other thing? The uh, oh the the live scope uh, yak attack pole for that. I, I like the way that looked. I saw somebody review it. Um, and if you guys want to see some great videos there. Um, Jeff Little, his YouTube channel is a little stuff. He has a great walkthrough videos of almost every product that was released that has to do with kayak fishing. Um, I know Paddle and Finn did a bunch of lives. I saw that on their YouTube channel. They did a bunch of lives and talked to a lot of people. There's some good information in that. Um, what else as far as products do you have? As far as products, um Let's see. Um, I think Aftco took almost all of the clothing stuff in terms of best in show. Um, let's see. I thought it was interesting. I haven't even like been able to find, I haven't really looked either, but I haven't seen much on the product itself, but a, a new action cam um, took the electronics uh, category. Uh, the Weston Weston Escape Cam um, mm-hmm. from Weston Fishing. Um, I did like the uh, the VMC Swing and Ned Ned Rig Jig. Um, I saw that. 
I think that's a that's a cool idea. I'll still be if on the rare occasion I throw a Ned rig, I'm still going to be using Jay's jigs. But I mean, that's a that's a cool idea. Um, I do see that they have a three eighths ounce version of it. That's not a Ned rig, but you know, you do you VMC. Um, Best in Show went to American Tackle Company um, for a complete carbon uh, carbon handle for rod building, which was pretty cool. Um, so there's going to be some some custom custom rods that come out with that. Um, so um, yeah, and then there were some bait things that we can um, we can talk about too. Um, but let's, uh, let's take a couple sponsors real quick and then dive into that because that's a, that's a whole nother can of worms that I, I, I am looking forward to opening. Sounds so let's, good. Uh, let's, let's do that. If a fly rod is your weapon of choice, check out Atollis. Their fly caddy is the most convenient way to get your favorite flies to the water or just keep them handy by clipping it to your hat, truck visor, backpack, rod case, or just whatever. You can also bundle it up with flies from independent fly tires that Atollis has teamed up with through their Fly Light project. Choose from bundles specializing in redfish, carp, saltwater, or freshwater. Head over to atollas.co, that's A-T-O-L-L-A-S dot C-O, to get your fly caddy today and use promo code FAITHINFISH15 to save 15% on your order. That's FAITH the letter N, FISH the number 1-5 at checkout for 15% off. Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle is one of the largest canoe, kayak, and cycling retailers in the southeast with a huge selection of kayaks, canoes, bikes, and all the accessories needed to experience paddling and cycling comfortably and safely. Get Outdoors helps to expand and educate the paddling community through their free demos held on local lakes in the Greensboro, North Carolina area and through in-store clinics and on-the-water courses and demos. And we'll even get your new boat rigged up for kayak fishing for you. Stop by the shop in Greensboro, North Carolina, or check out shopgetoutdoors.com to be wowed by their selection. All right, so every year at ICAST, there's one big complaint that everybody has, and this year it was worse than normal, and that is whenever a, a company releases a new bait, it's not new. And it is just, um, it's just a rip off of another bait. Um, and there's one, uh, one company that has now won, I think three different, uh, three different awards in three different years for new versions of an already existing bait. Um, and this year was no different. Um, so Berkeley fishing had their Nessie come out. Um, that was the, it's a soft glide bait. And I apologize. I don't even know what the original version of this is, but it's a small company. Um, so, I mean, they wouldn't, if they wanted to con contest it, they wouldn't have been able to do anything about it anyway. But, um, so, um, I mean, so, Rapala came out with their uh, new line of baits and they ripped off about three different soft plastic lures. There was at least three different new spunk shads this year, um, just under different names and different companies. Missile baits ripped off the cover scat um, and the and the mag draft. Um, and I know they did some new stuff to them, to the Megalodon to make it a little bit different than the rest of them. But I mean, that, that, that's a cover scat. <laughs> so I've got, I've got a couple of different lines of thinking on this subject. Let's just take the regular old curly tail soft plastic worm 
at some point in time, somebody said, let's come up with a soft plastic worm and let's put a curly tail on it. So when you drag it, the tail flutters around. We're going to get more strikes on it. So how long does that original product have to be out before other makers can make it without say, without catching backlash of like, oh, you copied this, you copied this? Because it, I probably everybody, all soft plastic makers probably make a curly tail worm in some way, shape, or form. Now, I, I get what you're saying. And yes, the Nessie is a direct copy of a JDM bait. But the other flip side of it is, is that's my first question, is how long does that have to be out before people can knock that off and, and maybe put a little of their own twist on it or, or whatever? But my second thing is, if this bait maker is super small, I had never seen that soft plastic glide bait. That's not, I don't really, I have a couple of glide baits and I get mad when I throw them because I probably don't know what I'm doing with them. You know, I haven't messed with them long enough, but that company probably got more attention than they ever would have if Berkeley hadn't knocked that off. And I would, venture to say that they're probably their sales are going to go up. And then the next thing they put out, they're probably really going to sell it because they're probably already ahead. You know, Berkeley copied that, but they're already probably have a couple other baits that nobody has copied yet. So now people are finding that. So that's the other flip side to it is, is even though they got copied, I, I think they're probably still better off for it. And you know, do you get any money back from it because it's such a close copy? I don't know. That's for somebody else to decide, not me. But I don't necessarily think that, you know, companies copying each other is necessarily all the time a bad thing, um, especially if, you know, Berkeley has the ability to get that bait in a lot of people's hands, which. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's very much a double standard, right? Like. I, I, I'm curious if anyone had any issues whenever the Yumdinger came out. Yeah. Um, I'm sure um, Gary Yamamoto did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm, I'm curious as to like, if the, if the community had any issue like that. Um, but I mean, the, there's going to be that double standard of, I, I am up, I am angry for the little guy. Because because this big company came and knocked off their stuff, but oh, you're selling it for you're selling it for seven ninety nine. Give me, give me, give me. Um, so I mean, there's there's good and bad on it. I mean, right. it, it is going to be good for the consumer to be able to get a hold of this at at a much cheaper price. I mean, the Nessie, I think, I think it's going to be somewhere in that in that eight to twelve dollar range, depending on what size you get which I mean is not, not expensive for what it is. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think that there is, there have been examples of better ways to do it. Um, most notably, I think missile baits teaming up with robo worm and hog farmer um, to, to say, Hey, can we give you these colors to pour in your mold so that we can, we can do this together kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that. Could, could that have been approached in a better way? Absolutely. Um, but I think, I think the, the drama that it has turned into has, is, is kind of fascinating because you have, you have people that just don't care. You have people that care in one direction and you have people that care not about this, just that these other people are wrong. And it's, um, it's, it's been pretty interesting to kind of people watch, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. But. You know, it's, it's kind of, and I'll, you know, with the whole um, pro sports and a lot of some pro sports have changed their name because it was offensive to Native Americans. <laughs> now you go and you I've seen a, a ton of stuff where they go and talk to Native Americans about these things. And they're like, oh, no, we we like that. You know, we we think it's a great thing and we don't know why they changed it. And but but so many other people get offended 
and I'll use my air quotes for you guys that are listening on podcast. So many people get offended because they think somebody else is offended when those people really aren't. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the, it's kind of the same thing. Like every, like you said, everybody wants, Oh, I can't believe, I can't believe Berkeley did that. And you know, what about these other guys? Well, in all actuality, it probably is going to end up helping those guys out tremendously. I mean, can you imagine it's the one of the probably the biggest bait maker, one of the biggest bait makers in the world comes and copies one of your baits. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think it hurts them as much, but I also think, like you said, could have been handled a lot better way. They could have teamed up with them. They could have, you know, said, Hey man, let us mass produce this thing. Let us put your name on it made by Berkeley and featured their name on it. And then like, teamed um, up with them like, and they like never throw in KGB. Yeah. Yeah, so they they could have done that in a better way. So I think that's the what these larger bait makers probably need to start doing is, you know, have, you know, still have that bait and then maybe produced by Berkeley, and so they can get and they can use the marketing machines that are you know pure fishing and and all of that to get these baits out in consumers' hands at a reasonable price. And you wait and see the things. The same thing is going to happen with these big wooden swim baits that these guys are selling for 125 200 the same thing's going to happen with those you know and you already are starting to see some of those show up at a lower price point mm-hmm. um, um so you know six cents has the uh the draw um spro did the uh the their collaboration with kgb for the chad chad and it was at a much lower price point um so i mean yeah you're absolutely seeing it um, I think, I think the biggest thing for, for this particular one for me, because I am kind of a, like, I I have a, a passion for supporting local business and stuff is the fact that there is such a price disparity that, um, that there are going to be a lot of people who, who, who buy this, and think, oh, this is garbage. I'm never buying it again because it might be if it's not as good as the the other. Um, but then there are going to be others who buy it, and they're like, you know, they they kind of price the, the the little guy out because the little guy can't produce it at that at that price. Yeah, um, so. I think sometimes though, those people that are buying it at that lower price would have never bought it in the first place at the higher price. True. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, um, that was that was one of the things for iCast uh, was that kind of aura of the oh, there's no innovation anymore. Um, I thought I think it was Tackle Talk put out a meme like it was like um, it was like the like. It had like the Nessie and other stuff and he, the, it's got the angry tears and he's like, there's no more innovation anymore. And then underneath it, it was like, it was like live scope and, um, and a few other things. And it, it had the same face and it was like, this is cheating. It needs to be banned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Just a lot of times. And it's not only the, fishing world it's everything people just want to have things to complain about mm-hmm. and you know being online and and getting on there and commenting negative things and you know i just i don't i try to stay away from as much of the commenting stuff as possible now i will say the kbn meme wars was a pretty fun thing to follow all week when they were rolling out those kayaks from icast and you know People were coming up with some crazy stuff, but it was pretty hilarious. Um, and then you had the group of people that got offended by it that don't understand that all those people that are on there going back and forth, they love each other anyway. And, you know, they're good with all those different kayaks. They just love to get on there and do crazy memes. And, um, you know, that's it's fun to watch. I had to, I had to leave KBN. I can't do KBN. <laughs> Uh, it's like they said, you'll be back. Say what? It's like they said, you'll be back. No, nah, no. Nah. My my thing with KBN is, I it's 
like you said, the, it, it's people like coming in as an outsider. Like it's, it's too much. Um, like <laughs> I don't like people enough to deal with this mess. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I don't deal with it, but I, I do like, I think that it serves a good purpose and uh, you know, you had to put up with some of the shenanigans to have a spot where people are going to most of the time call it like it is, whether it hurts somebody's feelings or not. And I think that that, uh, I think that every competitive sport probably needs a little dose of that. And I think that it serves its purpose in that respect. I think the KBN podcast is fine, but the KBN Facebook group, I have no interest in being a part of it. It's like, it's like watching, it's like guys watching, uh, or it's like watching guys play with firecrackers and gasoline. And <laughs> it's just like, it could be really, really fun, but you know, you're going to have to end up getting involved to help out at some point, And then you're only going to make things worse because you're coming in and like, you find out there's nothing to help except more firecrackers and more gasoline. And you got to pick which one you're going to use to help. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with that assessment as well. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's take a couple more sponsors, and then I have I have one other kind of kind of iCast topic to kind of wrap things up. Cool. Mr. B Lure Company is making high quality handcrafted lures and has been for thirty years, right here in the U.S. Using all metal components. Owner and Gamakatsu hooks and silicone or frog hair skirts, Mr. B is pumping out some awesome spinner baits, jigs, buzz baits, underspins, and more, including some of the most unique bladed jigs on the market. To fill up your tackle box, go to MrBLureCompany.com, that's MrBLureCompany.com, and use promo code FAITHINFISHINPOD1X10 at checkout to save 10% on your first order. That's Faith the letter N, Fish the letter N, P-O-D, so Faith and Fish and Pod, just like our Instagram handle, 1X10. If finesse fishing is your comfort zone, something you want to learn better this year, or just something you like to tie on as a Hail Mary pass, Jade's Jigs has everything you need and more, and it's all eco-friendly and lead-free. With an awesome selection of baits and colors, they've got a variety of techniques covered for you. Finesse jigs, underspins, Nico weights, Ned rigs, and more are all waiting for you at jaysjigs.com. And while you're there, use promo code FNF10 for 10% off your purchase. That's jaysjigs.com and promo code FNF10 for 10% off. Sorry, I had a, uh, a work email come in during that, so I was a little late. I, I'm i on call, so I have to kind of be on top of these things. But half the, time, half the time when you say, sorry to interrupt you, but half the time when you're like, oh, sorry, I was a little late, nobody's going to notice that. Just roll with it. Nobody <laughs> notices that. Nobody notices that one or two seconds. <laughs> Just roll um, with it. No, Nobody on the podcast will notice, but those that are watching on the YouTube, like they – on, listen to me sounding all like a hundred years old on the YouTube. Uh, <laughs> um, those watching on the, on the YouTube video may, may notice, but anyways, um, so I wanted to kind of get your overall assessment of ICAST this year, your overall impression compared to other years. What, what's your, what's your kind of your thought, your impression of ICAST this year? Well, I still have some research to go on it. So, but what from what I can see now, I think that um, I think that each year that to me it loses a little bit of its um, wow effect um, because I think more and more people are going. Uh, but on the flip side of that, I think the coverage that people are getting and and producing and the content they're putting out there while they're down there is awesome because you can kind of follow along. And for those people who are lucky enough to work some or all of your time in an office where you can do work and you can listen to a podcast in the background or 
you know, on another tab, you can stream a YouTube video while like I'll have a YouTube video playing in the corner while I'm working on an Excel spreadsheet. Um, but, you know, I think it's a good way to follow along with the week. So I think the show's losing a little bit every year, but I think the overall, I enjoy it more every year because there's more content as it's happening. And there's some live on the water demos of those kayaks that you can follow along with right when they're on the water demo on it for the first time. And you are seeing some of these YouTubers who have thousands and thousands of followers, you can see their initial ride in that uh, old town EPDL and get their thoughts on it as it's happening. So I like that part of it. I agree um, with everything you just said. Um, I definitely think that this was in the end of the times that I have followed ICAST, this probably has the lowest wow factor in terms of the products that have come out. Um, and there have been other like down years and, and then the next year was, was higher kind of thing with some of the stuff that comes out. A lot of it is personal preference. Like a lot of it is, there wasn't a whole lot that came out that really interested me. Um, so as an individual, so a lot of it was, was that my style of fishing and everything. Um, but then, you know, sometimes it, there is something that comes out that it's like, that it's like, this is really cool. Um, and sometimes it's, it's, it's people trying, trying to push those boundaries and be innovative and not quite, not quite living up to the hype and everything. I, I'm like, uh, the very first iteration of 13 fishing, like the, the, um, the zero drag or, or whatever, what was it? The, the, like the braking system, there was something, something in it that was plastic or, or not, oh. uh, no bearings. That's what it was. Yeah. The, the no bearings. Um, so like it, it kind of didn't, didn't last the test of time, but they've, they've since come out with other, other versions of it and stuff and improved on it. But um, it was like, that was a really cool thing whenever it first came out. Of course, it, it also, it helps whenever you got fluke master as your hype guy. Um, whenever he gets excited about something, it's like, wow, it must be really exciting. He's, he's really excited about this kind of thing. And that's why influencers are so important to these companies. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think this year was, was a lower one. I think there will be other years that, that it comes out like, and has a bigger boom, a bigger wow factor. But I think part of it for us is, you know, being in the kayak side of things, we're kind of at the point where there's only so much more you can push it with the kayaks. Um, because like, they're about as big as they can get. They're they're at the top level of what they can do in terms of propulsion without like moving to a gas motor and not being like allowed into these into these uh, tournaments and stuff. So it's like we're like we're at the point where there will be like a very innovative thing come out soon. It's just not here yet. Like there will be a game changer soon because otherwise, otherwise like we've reached the pinnacle and it's downhill from here. So like if like we can only plateau for so long before people start to be like, well, I'm bored. So like, where does it go from here? Are, are we, are we at the peak or are we, are we getting ready for that game changer? So I think, uh, I think that's kind of where we are and why it feels like ICAST is kind of losing its pizzazz is just in our style of fishing, our, our niche market. Cause I'm sure that there are other markets that it's like, wow, this came out and it was unreal. Like, I mean, you have to remember in, uh, and at ICAST, they're releasing stuff for ice fishing. They're releasing stuff for fly fishing, saltwater, like inshore, offshore, all kinds of stuff. So it's not just, it's not just bass fishing. We kind of get stuck in our little niche and think, well, none of this stuff really interests me. So it, it wasn't a good ICAST, but 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. And it, just like you were talking about, we get stuck in the, in the kayak bass fishing, you know, starting this other new project kayak fishing spotlight. I intentionally left the bass name out of that. It's not kayak bass fishing spotlight. Although I did mess around with that for a while and decided because there's some saltwater guys I really enjoy watching. And I'm like, you know what? I want to spotlight all of kayak fishing. I don't care what you fish for. And, but even in like, even in, in the kayak bass fishing segment, there's so many offshoots and there's so many different people making content, like doing this new project. I'm finding channels that are great with 60,000 followers, 70,000 followers that I never knew existed. You know, you get in this, uh, kind of YouTube rabbit hole and it feeds you some things that are interconnected with what you're watching. But then where, where you, you may have taken a left here. If you had clicked on this other video and taken a right, you may be into all these other 10 or 15 different content creators. So that's what I'm finding. There's all these different pockets and saltwater is the same way you get into some of these saltwater guys and, I mean, it, it's just, it's intriguing to me to watch something that I don't get to do a whole lot of and have never been offshore in a kayak. Um, but some of those videos that those guys are putting out and, and the inshore stuff too, some of the guys that are redfish, you know, and then I'm researching all these tournaments and the redfish tournament circuit and their little niche is, is like, our kayak bass fishing stuff, you know? So there's all these different pockets and that's what you're saying with iCast. You have all these different products coming out for, you know, all of the fishing industry. And, um, you know, Alex Rudd always talks about this is going to go two ways, the whole fishing industry and the kayak industry. You're going to have one side of it with you're spending a ton of money and then you're going to have the bare bones side of it. And I think, kind of the kayak world is going to go that way too. You, you, you will see an elite kayak um, tournament series. That's even more elite than the, the two. I'll just leave it at two. The Bassmasters and the Hobie are the, the two that people really want to go and fish. But I think you'll see um, either one of those adapt and be the high end deal where everybody's got live scope everybody's got a $25,000 rig that a lot of these companies are pumping money into um eventually uh, that's not anything that's right around the corner but then you'll have um kind of the stuff we do the local stuff that is more you know cost effective and you know for me it's just as much fun sometimes more fun um you know than the national stuff so you know, it's an interesting time. I'm I'm glad that, uh, you know, the last few years that I've got involved in the sport, and I think it's only just going to keep growing. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. And, I mean, like I was saying, you know, if we were rod builders, this might be the best ICAST ever because of that, the fact that a, a rod building thing – was the best in show like mm-hmm. i mean this it's an interesting handle i keep looking at it and i'm like that's a that's a really really new thing because i mean um let me share this real quick just to kind of show you what i'm looking at here So it's this guy here. Um, so it's like the whole from the butt all the way to the real seat is one carbon piece. Hmm. Um, so that's I mean, interesting. That could be really cool. Um, so I'm sure nobody's going to copy that though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, American Tackle seems to be really, really good at patents because nobody copied the microwave guides. So, yeah. um, So we'll see. It'll be be good. Um, 
we really didn't talk a whole lot about faith, uh, but I, w- I did want to say one thing. I know we're kind of getting close to our time frame, but uh, I, li- I like um, Luke Duncan's podcast. It's, uh, you know, Luke Duncan live, not so live. I-, I listen to it all the time, but at the end of his podcast, he always says, um, hug your mama. So, I just uh, found out one of my good friends' father passed away who was had been sick for a while uh, tonight. Um, my dad has been passed away for uh, maybe 13, 14 years now, 14 years. Um, so that goes for dads too, you know. Um, if you're listening to it and you hadn't talked to your mom and dad, pick up the phone, call them. Uh, You'll wish you you'll wish you would have at some point in time. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in there and uh, uh, tell Brian that our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. So absolutely. Well, speaking of, um, let's go ahead and let's let's pray. Let's let's call our heavenly Father. Um, let's let's get him on the line. Let's 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 pray and uh, and close this this one out. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, this day you've put before us. Thank you for giving me and Cam the opportunity to share uh, our love of fishing and uh, our love for you. Uh, Please guide us to help uh, make our actions bring people closer to you. Um, Please uh, be with Brian and his family as they go through a trying time and uh, give them the comfort that they need. And in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. Y'all take care and God bless. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Faith and Fishing podcast. Faith and Fishing is produced and hosted by Cam Steele and Robert Randolph and is sponsored by Savior Outdoors, Jay's Jigs, Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle, Mr. B. Lure Company, Atolas, and Omnia Fishing. Don't forget to join the Facebook community. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever app you're listening on. That's going to do it for this episode. Y'all take care and God bless.